hi, welcome to Training Today podcast. And today I've got Fran and Aid with me, and we're going to do some updates on um, the app, so what recent updates we had, because we had a few new things come out, what's coming out um, in the next release, and then also some exciting stuff that's happened with um, Watch OS 10 that will be released in September that, might, uh, that Apple have announced uh, at their um, developer conference last week. Um, so, which is really fitting well for our plans, actually. So we're quite excited about that. But um, so I just wanted to start off really uh, well. First of all, hi, hi, Aid. Yeah, how are you doing, all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Is Fran there at the moment? Or? She's she's just coming. She'll okay, here in a sec. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Are you still in France? Because we're, we're just are you back? No, now? we're back. We're back in the UK at the moment. Um, yeah. And, uh, unusually warm and sunny so that's nice um, yeah. but yeah we're back for about six weeks before uh, some more training stuff going on in the apps over the yeah. summer that's fantastic yeah brilliant um so yeah, anyway so a couple of things we've added to the app which um i'm sure people have spotted as it's been updated but i think have been quite interesting is so the first one we've got is we're pulling in the sleep data now from apple health um and as long as you are you know, log in your sleep with the Apple um, sleep app or something that's also compatible. Um, one thing that was actually, by the way, we don't support currently yet is if you manually enter the sleep in, that's not included, but we may add that in the future. But basically, if your sleep data is getting logged, we will then show it on your um, training today chart. And so you can compare you know, your training today score and see how your sleep is affecting it and so i noticed you know it's fairly clearly that if i have poor sleep um particularly i think if my rem sleep is low it definitely has a an impact on my um training today score um and we do break down the sleep into you know just like apple do what's awake when you're awake your rem your core sleep and your deep sleep and we provide a way of showing how um, that compares to you at the scores within the week. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're a bit of a background noise here. Um, I think it's really interesting. The, the sleep tracking has been a really interesting feature, I think, because if, when we look at it, and as you say, you look at how it impacts the, um, the RTT score, it, uh, most, most of the um, uh, anecdotal feedback that I've had so far, certainly from a coaching perspective, is that it, it you know, it's obviously we know sleep's paramount of paramount importance when it comes to recovery, um, yeah. and that you know, and that seems to track very well, um, which is what you'd expect, of course. But yeah, yeah, and I think it's quite nice. I, I don't think I getting that sort of weak view of your sleep is also quite useful within the chart. I find I found compared to sort of having to jump into, you know, the health app and then look at sleep and then sort of keep clicking between the two I think it's I found it useful to be able to see the sort of line of my RTT score and see the sleep data across it and also to sort of jump back to the week the weekly chart and just see what your average sleep was over the week and mine does vary a lot more than I thought it did to be honest so it's sort of interesting um and how that sort of impacts that that score um so that's I think that's been pretty well received and I think you know it's looking nice within the app it's easy to to, to give you that view the other thing we've just added in is what we're calling um, activity intensity score. So we've got this algorithm, which is looking at your you know, heart rate 
and your intensity for the workouts over that over a day and giving you a, a bar chart a bar line for the day to say how intense that day was comparative to other days and i think one of the things that's um, important to note there is that that is a sort of arbitrary figure in a way it's just relative to your other figures it's not i've had a few people on support say you know what's good what's a good, a good intensity <laughs> score and it's it's hard to say that isn't it i mean and i you know when uh, you know uh, the developer was looking at it you know, i sort of went oh i got an, i got a score of 81 he went what that's not no that's not can't be right but that was after an event and so you know and i'm sure other people get much higher than that um Whereas in a, a quieter week, like this week, for me, it's been, you know, the most I've had is sort of 30-odd, I think. So, um, or less than that. So, uh, you, it's really just looking at it and compared to how, you know, your other scores are to see how intense it is. And then, again, just giving you context on how that might be impacting your recovery. And I think it's something, you know, this is quite nice. What do you think, Ada, in terms of how, the, how those values, have you had much feedback from any of the athletes yet on that? It's fairly new. Uh, it? It's very, yeah, it's very new. But it, what I would say is it's quite interesting looking at that score, you know, even as a relative score for an individual athlete, when you do, it, it, it does bring into fairly sharp um, focus the, the, the level of, of intensity and effort that you are putting in if you are doing a fairly sizable event so you know if you go into a, a 70.3 race or whatever it might be you know yeah. you, it, it, it as if you didn't need as if you didn't know already but it, you know the, the the level of um stress that is putting on your body is obviously significant yeah um, uh, which is you know which is what yeah. we'd expect um yeah, it does, all... does make you wonder why we all do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, that's what goes through my mind. I'm halfway around. Um, but yeah, it's all about giving more context, isn't it, to to understand what, what how your score is, what, what it is. And, and another thing we're doing, and then we're just currently uh, putting in the next build, which should be out in a few weeks or so, is just menstru menstruation tracking, so the cycle tracking feature. That uh, so again, if if um, you are using um, the Apple feature to track periods, for example, then you. Well, now all we're going to do initially is show your, those period times, those days in the in the chart again. So again, you can look at that and understand some context of how that may be impacting your recovery uh, scores, your RTT scores. And I think we're, all of these things we can continue to build. What we the goal, the design goal, isn't it, is to add context data, but keep it really easy to see and understand, and not to you know overwhelm people with too much data to, to, to you know it always has to be actionable and easy to understand and sort of glanceable um stuff and we may bring some of that to the watch as well that's one of the common requests is can we also have this additional like the sleep or something on onto the watch chart yeah. as well as the uh and i think that's something we we probably will do have you got any thoughts on on that that option uh, i think i mean i think it's really important if you you know certainly for those of us that coach female athletes, it's very, very important yeah. um, to have an understanding of, of the impact of that. And obviously you get feedback from your athletes and that's the most important yeah. feedback you're going to get. But to be able to track RTT and HRV scores against that will give you some good indication of recovery and, and so on and how it's impacting their session recovery and so on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really, really important. Um, yeah. Okay. And then, and then, 
Fran, did you want to answer, add to that as well? Uh, well, no, I just completely agree. I mean, I think what what's really important to emphasise is that we're all very specific individuals. Yeah. One person doesn't work for another, and and as coaches, making uh, our athletes aware of their own bodies and what their bodies are going through and how they are feeling and tracking this yeah. is really important so they can communicate to us how they're feeling but also take an element of ownership yeah. um, of their sessions as well in terms of, you know, should I be pushing at this intensity? Do I need to ease off a little bit? And it's that, it's that two-way relationship between that athlete and that coach to become you know, aware of, of how the individual's body works and, and the yeah. more we track and the more information we can get, we'll, we'll just help that relationship and we'll help that individual uh, train better and yeah. recover better. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, and then the, coming up for, I think, after that release, we're probably then, you know, as both of you and, and Ada put a, a load of effort into getting these sessions built in our sort of you know um internal database which you've pulled across from your sort of years of experience of building training sessions and so one of the goals now is that we're going to bring those into the app and one of the great uh you know pieces of news from the apple event was that they are now supporting custom uh, workout sets you know in the standard uh, apple watch workout app which is fantastic because otherwise we would have had to have created our own workout app. And I know a lot of people don't like using third-party apps, myself included. I think the Apple ones tend to be, you know, they they have things that the third-party apps can't necessarily do. Um, uh, you know, API access to certain things that uh, other apps don't have access to. And I found them generally to be more accurate and more stable. So the fact that we can now take this, our session library and our workout plans, um, build them into the app, and then uh, a user can just see their schedule for that week, see how that workout um, is going to vary depending on their RTT on a daily basis. And then it appears on your watch, and then you can just run that um, workout on the watch. It will tell you exactly what you need to do for your, your set, and then you know, log it, and then we can see all that data, come back in and sort of analyze it in whatever way that you want to do. It's fantastic. So... Um, that's really good news, I think. And that's, um, you know, it's almost like Apple were listening to our, I'm sure Apple must have been listening <laughs> and decided that, hey, wow, they need that feature. And they've added it because it's perfect for us. It's actually spot on. Yeah. Um, and it brings, I mean, it obviously brings out a whole extra level of functionality for the Apple Watch itself as an, as an exercise yeah. watch. Um, exactly. Yeah. It, 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 you know, essentially it will do everything that any other exercise watch. Um, yeah. And the other, and the other, yeah, the other big news there is they're also adding support of event, you know, eventually or last to to give us um, bike power and cadence. So it's been weird because you know Apple Watch has always had Bluetooth, but it would never detect or link, you know, connect to a Bluetooth power meter. There were some third party apps that did it, and it's, you know, and it's sort of clunky. You, know, you could sort of get get it to do it, um, but then you had to use that third party app. What they're doing now is building this into the operating system, so. Now any app can get your get the power data from your power meter, and yeah. the cadence, your bike cadence from your from your power meter as well. Um, or assume, I'm assuming a separate cadence uh, and speed uh, monitor as well if you've got that. But um, so that's fantastic because that also means the Apple are supporting power for cycling. They will be, you know, I asked them about this. They will be including their own calculation for FTP. 
your uh, functional threshold power. Should we just explain that a little bit? A, do you want to explain what? Uh, so fun- yeah. So your functional threshold power is is the um, is the best power you can you can hold. Well, it's actually was originally um, was originally based on a forty kilometer time trial. Um, but broadly right. speaking, now um, we think of it as as the, uh, the 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 best power you can hold for a sixty minute consistent cycle. Yeah. Um, and but there are various different tools for working that out. So you know you can do a twenty minute test, a twelve minute test. You know various different ways of making an estimate of that without actually having to sit on a bicycle for sixty minutes. So um, you know so it would be interesting to see how Apple are making that calculation. But I'm sure they would have um, figured out an algorithm that that they believe is uh, giving a good estimate of your functional threshold power. Um, yeah, and I did ask them. some people sort of think well. You know, my FTP is, um, you know, I've, I've done this test and this is my FTP and that's going to be, well, first of all, it, you know, what, like many of these things, pretty much as soon as you've done it, it's out of date because, you know, yeah. on a different day with different food inside you, a different temperature, you may produce a slightly different value. So it's got, it's, it, like all these things, it should be considered as a, as a bit of a, a good, a good um, tool to use, but, but consider it as a, a broad estimate rather than a, exact figure if you, if you yeah like. yeah and i did ask them how they're calculating it and they said that it will be calculated automatically they didn't obviously tell the, say what the algorithm was although they may make that public at some point but basically they said after five rides where you're logging power then they'll be able to come up with a ftp somehow but they also said it is you know that will be a piece of data in the health app or the workout mm-hmm. app so you will be able to override it too so if you've done your own FTP test, um, and you know you're, you've been working on that for you know you know you pretty much know what your FTP is, and it's not the same as what Apple has calculated. You can always override that, um, yeah. and just put in each individual can put in their own FTP value if they want, and then um, and then that of course opens up the ability to be able to do uh, structured cycling sets based on a percentage of ftp we hope we hope that will actually i'm pretty sure you'll be able to see that because you'll be able to read your ftp you'll be able to even if they only give us the option just talking a little thing aloud here to say set a, a, a power range or a hard power range for a set we will know what somebody's ftp is so we can make that relative anyway to yeah um, a percentage of that yeah at the um, moment they break the way they break down the heart rate zones on the custom app yeah so Surprise me if they do the same, essentially yeah. the same thing with the power bands. Yes. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And so that's all fantastic. The only thing that's not going to be supported yet by Apple is um, custom structured swim sets. And, you know, that that's something that's never really worked well on other platforms either, really. The, the big difficulty is how do you communicate a set to somebody from a watch without them having to you know try and look at the watch i mean it's not easy um or even feasible i think although you know there are some third-party apps that do do that of course um my feeling is you know i i am a big fan of those the form um goggles which give you like a head up display and they they show you uh, you know monitor your your set tell you how far you swam what your pace is on each turn and you can put a workout set in that um I quite like that idea, uh, but the, but that's not a cheap investment to buy those goggles and actually subscribe to their plan. Mm. I did wonder whether Apple have got some plan. This is complete speculation, but got some plan to have 
like waterproof AirPods, sports-based AirPods in the future, which um, would work, you know, well enough that your watch could, you know, communicate to you via the AirPods. You know, so Siri could say, uh, you know, 100 meters, and then you're giving you pace as you turn and do all that sort of stuff and tell you what your next your next thing is. Well, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, presumably the, the barrier to that is the Bluetooth connection. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, exactly, yeah. Figure out a way of doing it. But they did figure out how to, I mean, AirPods themselves have, were pretty remarkable. I mean, know everybody does them now, but when you think about it, they're two little computers with no leads in, you know, on each uh, side of your head with a big bag of water in between because and they have to do stereo sound and your head is full of water, isn't it? So it's, your brain is pretty hard for it to communicate through and they man- nobody managed to do that before. So maybe they can pull out some magic and, and make uh, this thing work in water as well. But Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah. They must be, well, yeah, we're speculating now. I'm just trying, I'm, I'm trying to work out how that works now. They must, they must be communicating through the other, through the device. I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, I, there have been rumours that there'll be standalone AirPods at some point where, I mean, I don't know, again, pure speculation, but that um, where you wouldn't need a device and they would just, they'd have their own connection or own storage and just work like that. But it's pretty amazing that you can get a stereo, you know, they're perfectly in sync, aren't they? And and communicate to each other somehow, But I, or yeah, maybe through the device. Yeah. Well, they are taking, the, they're definitely taking the signal from the device, aren't they? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's how you say, yeah. Oh, anyway, we're speculating. Yeah, it'd be nice if they think about that. So, but, you know, at the moment, I think, I guess most athletes currently, when they execute in a swim set, what, I mean, what is your experience? Do people just do it from memory? Because a lot of your swim sets, I think, yeah. are designed in a way that make them a bit more easy to memory because you sort yeah. of, you know, these are 500s broken down like this or something and it you can sort of remember them it's um, still pretty old school isn't it swimming so you you know when you go to a swimming pool um normally the set is written up on a whiteboard still with yeah. a board pen so that's the uh that's still the go-to for swim clubs and triathlon clubs and so on um yeah. and i think there's a reason for that which is that you know as you say it's difficult even if you even if we could get the, the workout to come up on the watch which would be great i think that would work you still got to then stop and look at it and and adjust yeah. it and yeah so I mean I th- I I mean certainly a lot of structured swim sets are structured in a pattern so yeah. if your maths if you're reasonably mathematically minded it's usually fairly easy to remember yeah um, but if you know I certainly we have athletes who find that much more difficult um, yeah. and, and we'll still go old school and write it on a bit of paper and attach it to a water bowl by the side of the pool basically yeah yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I I used to do that. Just yeah, have a waterproof you know, um, sleeve and put, print out things and put it into that. But, um, I mean, people like um, my swim pro and swim dot com. Those apps do do that, and I've used those. But I, you know, and I think it is okay to look at your watch, but not if you've got eyesight like mine. I still I'd need to be wearing glasses to to read it clearly yeah. during swimming. Yeah. And then you've still got a sort of a do something which is unnatural. <laughs> you still got to do something which is sort of unnatural at the end of the pool to look at the watch, haven't you? And, and sort of yeah. push your head. And so, a voice or you know, head up display, I think, is is the the best option for that. Apart from just memorising or doing old school sort of approach to it. Yeah. 
I don't think the Apple Vision Pro is going to be ready for swimming quite yet. Though. Just, I don't know whether you followed it. You know, their, their new AR. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I think that would be quite, uh, quite add some significant drag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and carrying the battery in your. Uh, right, yeah. Although you could sure. visualize yourself as Michael Phelps while swimming, which would be quite nice. Yeah, I mean that's you what I do all the time. Yeah. So anyway, that's I think that's um, really exciting, and uh, we hope we're hoping to have. Uh, at least our session library out with their watch iOS 10 when that comes out in uh, September, October, whenever they, they sort of plan to do that. So we can have that. And then from that, we will build the more you know, long-term work, workout plans, which will be event specific. And all of this will be dynamic in that the plans will change based on your RTT score. So you've got a choice of how intense the session needs to be. Um. Yeah, so good stuff. And yeah, do you have any thoughts on the workout sets in terms of um, you know, is there any particular challenges you found in terms of how you think you're going to have to create them or, or alter them to work with the way Apple Watch custom workouts is set I think, up? I think the key thing is to, it, it probably relates to what we were just talking about in terms of swimming, really, which is that they're made. You know, they have to be made in a way that's going to be very easy to interpret for the people that are using them um, and and be specific. You know, and the whole idea behind this is that they will have specific goals that yeah. they're aiming to, whether that's, you know, to improve their 5K running time or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and then structuring the sessions so they're very easy to interpret is really important for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, 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 no specific challenges other than the fact that um, it, probably the challenges in the in the more technical side of things in terms of the coding to to actually get it to transfer seamlessly, um, which would be. Uh, yeah, I do think there's an opportunity. I don't know whether it's for us to take, but um, for, and I'm sure I'm guessing people will create that. But you know, having a web-based or app-based workout builder, um, just where people can create their own custom workouts or convert. Um, their fit files or WKO files from other workout builders into a format for Apple Watch is probably something somebody will do at some point. Mm. Um, I mean, I think workout builders is interesting. I did start writing some because it's I've used so many that they do vary a lot, don't they, in terms of yeah. flexibility? And some of them are over complex and some of them are too simple. Um, I think Apple have got, a, I was quite surprised, pleased with the Apple one. I thought it was simple and sort of met most requirements, but not yeah. all of them. Um, but, uh, anyway, we'll see how that goes. Good stuff. All right. Thanks very much. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, other than um, we're going to, next time we're going to have some um, feedback on some uh, uh, training camp stuff, aren't we? I think. Yeah, um, yeah, we should just come back from here. Yeah, we could. Yeah. That was fun with the Alps. Brilliant. Okay, thanks very much. Hey, right, thanks, Fran. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.